Hey, I'm Andy Scarantino, and today I'm going to be talking about pornography, inner reality, artificial intelligence, and coaching sessions. And somehow I'm going to tie them all together. This is my view from the roof. Hi, I'm Andy Scarantino, and this is View from the Roof formerly known as the Get the Fuck Off Podcast. Every week, I'm going to be bringing you bits of goodness to not only help you get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore, but also to get you to think deeper and wake up to the world around you. My mission over the last three years has been to make personal development digestible for those who are ready, but they maybe don't want to speak in a soft, whispery voice or sit in the lotus. Through sharing story and interviewing cool people who are important to me, I hope you'll be able to see the world in a new way. You don't have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and all of this is quite the journey. I'm really excited to have you on that journey with me. Welcome to my View from the Roof. Familiar theme song, but we've got a new podcast. How's everybody doing? Good to, I guess I can't see you, nor can you see me, but welcome back to... Formerly the Get the Fuck Off podcast, now View from the Roof. How is everybody doing? It is Media Monday. I'm so fucking excited. I have been dripping my way through July here in New York City. It is July 17th, and I think that the humidity has just been off the charts this entire month. Actually, I don't think that. That is my experience. The experience I'm having is the experience. We are going to talk today about the experience you're having being the experience. This is a cool concept and I'm going to do my best to paint it for you in a way that uh, might be a little, might be a little fun. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is pornography. I know, I know. We love it, right? We love pornography, except when we don't, which is sometimes except when you're uh, <laughs> when you're finished with the pornography and you're like what the fuck did I just watch <laughs> so why am I inspired to talk about pornography I'm inspired to talk about this because there was a video on Instagram and I saved the link so I'm gonna probably post it in the episode notes so you guys can watch it And it was all about like letting go of pornography, which if you are uh, a holdover from Get the Fuck Off, Get Off the, Get Off That Dick was originally going to be one of my GTFOs. Um, But Get Off the Pornography could be one of the things that you might want to do. You know, porn addiction, sex addiction, these are, these are real things. And they might have a, a little bit more shame and stigma attached to them than say alcohol. But there's no, there's no shame in my eyes. Like these are just manifest of something within you. But the thing that they were, they were using as the uh, deterrent for pornography was they were saying that within a few years, almost all of the people on OnlyFans will be AI generated. So it'll all be chatbots. So essentially, and I'm going to put a link so you can go and watch what the guy said. I 
I only have watched the Instagram video. I haven't actually listened to his podcast. So for all I know, he has addressed all of this already. If you have, I apologize. I don't even know who you are, um, bro. But I'm going to leave your link so everybody can find you and, and uh, see your stuff. But so this, this dude was talking about um, the fact that you're going to be going to OnlyFans. You're going to be seeing photos. You're going to be interacting with a profile. And that will be a chatbot. And you're going to be talking about like what you like and she's going to be giving you the girlfriend experience and you won't be fantasizing about a real woman essentially. And the idea was now's the time to get rid of porn. Like that's what he was saying in this in this short clip that I was watching. Now here's where I'm going to come at you and this is going to be the big overarching theme of this episode. This episode isn't about pornography. It's not about artificial intelligence. It's not about coaching. I mean, I'm, well, that's what I do for a living, so that's woven in. But what this is about is the inner experience and the fact that if you were talking to – now, wait, let's, let's just – I want to, to say first – Please challenge yourself to hear this in a way that maybe you haven't heard before. Because something that I like to do when I'm going into something like this is my brain is already thinking about the things I already know and the, re- the ways I'm already right. So I would like to challenge you to hear this in a new way. If you are speaking to a man or a woman on a site like OnlyFans or whatever place you engage, um, Grinder, I don't know, um, Tinder, whatever, whatever place you're having your sexual fantasy chat, let me ask you, why is it different if it's AI? Because the experience that you're having is the experience for you. But is that recipient person having that experience? Like, is it necessary for the person on the other end to have a beating heart, to have a pulse, to actually exist? That's the question that I pose to you. And if this was a coaching call, I would probably leave silence for you to think about that. But essentially... Whatever it is that you're experiencing in that moment of that engagement with that erotic material, is that really about the other person at all? Like, is that about that human? And of course, you know, the the video went on to say, you know, we should get back into flirting ritual and engagement ritual and things like that. And, And I'm all about that. If you have met me or if you have sat in a room where I have been the bartender, you will see that I have some serious game and I love interaction ritual and I love the uh, suspense and the fun and the um, just all that goes into the lead up to the sexual experience. I mean, I, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's really fantastic. And there's the, the one thing that'll kill a relationship or a, a sexual uh, experience is really taking away that suspense, that mystery, that um, that that play. 
Like it goes away. Like if you're just like, okay, I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to make the sex readily available. Okay. Like I, I'm here. I'm, I'm with it. That, that play takes it away. So there is a dance that goes to the sexual experience and like we, we love it. Great. Like it's wonderful. Now in the pornographic experience of like you're consuming pornography because you want to come, what is, and I'm not like specifically just talking to men. It's just that I find, I don't have a stat for this. Like, so I'm not, I'm not going to find one. Sorry. But it just seems like that physicality and just from, from what I know from human beings having conversations with me over the years, that physicality is important uh, to men. Less so to women. Women, it seems to be more emotional, the connection. Whereas for men, it's definitely like, no, I need to, I need to, I need to fuck you. Like, like that kind of thing. But the, the, the pornography experience, that's not about connection. That's about coming. Like, that's about fantasy. That's about um, whatever you've got to do to move fluids. So why is it important that it even would be? a human. And where I'm coming from, I'm going to say it's not important that it's a human. And this is where I want to segue out of pornography. We've been in pornography a couple of minutes. I know it's fun. I'm enjoying it. But I'm going to segue into the rest of your life now. In that the experience you're having is the experience. You are the experiencer of the experience and as the experiencer of the experience, what is happening for you is not happening for anyone else, even if they're directly involved. This is big. This is big stuff. I know. It's, you know, if you want to dive a little bit deeper, uh, Tibetan Buddhism does a great job of talking about this with the pen analogy, which I've talked about before. And... Um, you can find that probably in previous episodes. I'm not exactly sure when I've written about it a couple of times. But everything is an experience of us. We are experiencing ourselves. We're conscious. We're, we're, we're consciousness experiencing ourselves. And, experience, and having that experience and what's happening in that experience is internal. So... The experience you're having is the experience. Now, yes, the pause is deliberate. I just want you to take a a second to think about being the experiencer of your experience. And I'm going to tell a story about my experience years ago, 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, what were we at? 2013 probably. 2013, 2014, 2015. That was the the padding of my Saturn's return. So 20, what, 2014 I think was my Saturn. I don't remember what year I turned 27. But I was born in 85, so figure it out. Um, but I was going through the the shit of Saturn around 2013, 14, 15, those years were big years for me. They were emotional years. Things were happening. Things were shifting. I was <laughs> And through my 20s, I had lived in what I like to call uh, a, a state of being a modern day beat. 
I just wrote a piece about it on viewfromtheroof.substack.com and you can read that and it was about you know some of the experiences that I had as a beat in those uh, those early days and uh, it's called your beingness and the world around and I talked about experiences that I had where I very much was channeling the energy of the 1950s beat writers and when you read beat literature you can't always follow it with your intellect you feel your way through that thing experience you you feel your way through it I mean I talked about in this blog piece trigger warning like aggressive sex because sex seems to be the theme here um I talked about it in that blog piece about reading Naked Lunch for the first time by William S. Burroughs and seeing this scene of this vicious orgy I'm not going to go into the details of the orgy here but I mean it was like it involved nooses and death and it was way more explicit than that I mean, this, this goes beyond homoerotica. I mean, this was, this was just downright repulsive. And, and yet, as I read this, I felt within me things activating because it was this darkness that I had a curiosity about, about humanity. I wasn't just trying to live in the airy-fairy and the bliss and the elated and the elevated emotions, but I was really interested in the grit. And I think that that's why nightlife, Times Square... Uh, really appealed to me for so many years and I was embodying of that like there was outright sexual deviance in public spaces on my end Um, lots of binge drinking I, I called it a nocturnal crawl that went on for years and years and years my friend Jim and I we knew all of the um the people that traversed the streets like all of the 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 homeless the bums um we knew them by name like they were just people that were part of our experience that we saw every single night and it was culture like there was culture about that that nighttime nocturnal um new york grit dirt uh food on the sidewalks and people that are just so you know, after 2 o'clock in the morning, it's like just out of their minds. you just stray cats, these people are, with their egos just along the sidewalks. And you're in it, man. Like you're – like when you're repressing your emotions for all that time and then you get – you know, you finish a shift and you're, you're beat to hell because you've just been absorbing the, the emotions and the energies of people from all over the world and all, like all this kind of shit and you're doing that for – eight nine hours and then you go and you get drunk and then all of a sudden your ego is front and center and it's like if if you want to fuck it's there like if you want to scream it's there if you want to cry it's there like whatever it is that's not really you it's just your ego and you you just become ravenous in these ways and I mean I remember these displays of of energy just good <laughs> like that's what it felt like So for that being, I experienced my whole life, not just times when I was doing that, but my whole life, I experienced times that felt chaotic. Even when I wasn't behaving chaotic, I experienced chaos always. 
So I was dating my ex-boyfriend Mario at the time. Mario is a normal guy. He's a nor- he's just a regular old guy. Like he he likes baseball. He likes restaurants. He has moved to Houston and he's living a very normal life, working his job and traveling and doing things that he likes to do. And I would not call him a deviant by any stretch of the imagination. He's a wonderful guy. He's highly intelligent. He's funny. He's charming. But he's not a deviant. He's not a beat. He's just regular old guy. And we used to take, we were dating back 2013, 14, 15. Um, on and off, but, you know, through that time, he was my main, my main guy. Uh, after I just said all the things that I said about my behavior, but, you know, those were on the off times. Um, <laughs> you know, we just, we never could meet. We could never, we could never meet. And when we looked at our astrology years and years later, uh, love and pleasure, we are an absolute no match on. We are highly compatible in every area except that for some reason, which is why we remain good friends. But Mario and I would be dating and we worked together and we would take the train home to Brooklyn when I would stay with him. And every time I was on the train with him, there would be wackadoodles slithering through the cars and it would always be like the energy of it was just like a dis-ease, unsettled, weird. And he would say, it's you. Now... It was. It was me. That's the the thing that I'm trying to show you is that my being was creating that. Now, here's where it's interesting. Mario's being was also creating his experience. His experience wasn't experiencing chaos. His experience was being subject to um, something from someone else, like being a victim to me, essentially, or, or having something to complain about because of me, because, you know, he, he has his own shit and, and I'm not going to air his shit on the, the podcast because it's none of my business, but like whatever his experience was, put him in the situation to be with me through that experience, but they were two totally different experiences that were happening, but my experience was being created by me and was being experienced by me. So I not only was the cosmic consciousness, I not only was the creator, but I was also the experiencer. I was also the mirror. And I was all of those things at once. Can y'all grok that so far? I don't know. It got heavy real quick. It got heavy real quick. But let's let's go back to, should we go back to pornography? What do you think? If we go back to pornography and we use pornography as that example, what are you experiencing when you're watching the pornography? What is the feeling in your mind? What is the role that you're playing? How does it go? Like, is there a, a groove that you settle into? Is, there, is it always the same? Is it different? Who are you in that experience? And is it necessary that there is a counterpart to that you might want to say yes but if that human is not sharing in your experience then why because if we think about the human on the other end performer dancer cam girl cam guy uh chatterbaiter whatever whatever that person is right 
that person is not is sharing in that experience with you. That person is having is having a work day. Like they're having a work day. They they might be thinking about Chase Bank in the middle of that experience. I mean, and their experience could be very empty. Like they they could be completely not present at all for that. So whatever is going on in your mind of the erotica and of the fantasy and of the whatever, that other person could be completely not present. And my guess is likely they are not present. First of all, it would be extremely, I mean, I can't say, I can't say. I'm not going to I'm not going to speak to that type of work because I haven't done it and I don't want to put any sort of um I never want to stigmatize that because I think that that is just as noble of a way to earn money as anything else. That's not what this is about. What this is about is the idea that if you are engaging with that human, that that human is sharing in your exact pleasure in the exact moment. Because it would be really fucking hard to remain aroused all the time, every day. Like it's just not something that, you know, if you if you put yourself in a place to be present for that, that's really hard. It completely eliminates interaction ritual in in all kinds of ways. I mean, it is a living. Right? We're making a living. Like in Rent. They used to tie you up. It's a living. Yes, I just sang on my brand new podcast. But seriously, it's a living. So it's kind of like waiting tables. Like if you're waiting tables, the person that is serving you is part of your experience. But their experience of the experience and your experience of the experience are two different experiences. The experiencer is having the experience. And I remember being like the catalyst for so much joy in the times that I was tending bar and that I was waiting tables, particularly with like giving a birthday experience. For example, when I was working at Bubba Gump, we did these outrageous, loud, boisterous birthdays. But the joy and the feeling and the memory and the, the, the elation of the experiencer, of the recipient, to be the recipient of that was not my experience. So in that case, why can't it be AI? And again, again, this is not even about pornography. It's not about AI. It's not about birthday songs. It's not about waiting tables. It's not about any of that. It's about the idea that every moment that you go through your life, you are the experiencer and everyone that is with you is having a completely different experience at every single time. I talked about this when we were the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I remember having a conversation. I don't know. Russell, do you still listen? If you still listen, like, send me a text and let me know you still listen. Russell was, um, is a longtime listener of the Get the Fuck Off podcast, friend of mine. I'm mentioning him by name, and uh, he's been a listener longer than than most of my listeners. And we actually went to a museum, an art museum together in 2021, and he mentioned to me in one of my early episodes of the podcast about this idea of 
in the pandemic, I talked about on the podcast um, how all of us had, like all the people I worked with, we all had the same job. We all got tossed out of that job at the same time when the world shut down for COVID. But each of us had a unique experience and how before that, I just assumed, I, Andy Scarantino, just assumed we were all having a uniform experience. I assumed that because we all had the same circumstances, the same employment, the same whatever, that all of our experiences were identical and that we were all experiencing the same emotions, but we were not. And it was mind-blowing to me that that could be the case, that two individuals could be having the exact same experience, but also a completely different experience, like siblings growing up in a house, having the same experience. My brother and I had different parents. We had the same biological parents. We had the same mother, and we had the same father, and we had the same stepfather, and we had the same stepmother. And yet we have completely different experiences of youth. And, and yes, there are some parallels, but the experiencer is the one that's experiencing. So where am I going? I said I was going to talk about coaching. <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting to segue into coaching after I've just been talking about sex and pornography and sex work and waiting tables and all that other stuff, but it all kind of goes together in that in coaching, the client is having the experience and as the coach, I am not directly transmitting that experience to you. And I had a call with somebody recently. It was, I think, two weeks ago now. And he, he is not a client of mine, but we just had a call. And we ended up in, in a coaching type of conversation. And he's as open as this guy. I mean, really, he's he's so open and he's so beautiful. And like looking at him and experiencing him was was tremendous for me. But when we got on that call, we we just naturally kind of moved into uh, the space because sometimes you know when coaches get in calls together, one will embody the role of coach and one will embody the role of receiver client whatever whatever ends up happening and that's what happened in this call I happened to embody the role of coach in this particular call and it was not agreed that that was how it was going to go and it wasn't talked about beforehand it was just that the need presented for us to just it was like no it's like I'm open I'm ready I want to I want to engage with you I want to talk with you and I and I had you know, it was it was a mutual feeling, sensing. And so we we got into that call together. And um, he had an experience on that call. And to this day, I do not know what that experience was. I know what I said. I know what I did. I know how it happened. But one of the things that he asked me at the end of that call, which was so powerful for me because I am a cerebral. So when I get into my coaching muscle, it's really nice because that's when I can get out of my mind because I don't coach with my mind. I coach with something else. I coach. I'm, it's a completely open sort of space where things just kind of move through me. At the end, he asked me, what are you thinking? And I said, not a thing. Not a thing. And we had an element of engagement, but I 
now being several years into this work, I know that I am facilitating an experience, but I am not transmitting that experience. It's not coming from me. It's not coming from me. It doesn't originate in me and go into your brain and then cause you to, to do something. I think that when I was an informational coach uh, in the beginning, that was what I tried to do, which I found to be wholly ineffective. I mean, like it was effective to a degree. Like you can give people strategies and those are effective. And yes, of course, they're effective. And that was, that was coaching, but that wasn't transformational coaching. Transformational coaching is a deeper Deeper, deeper, because you are in this space where you guide, but you're not doing it. And clients of mine have expressed to me experiences that they have had that have been powerful for them, that have caused shifts for them. And I'm thinking, you know, I have no idea what that was that you experienced. I know you had an experience and I know that I said or did something or asked something or phrased something or looked at you a certain way or didn't speak in a certain time that, you know, maybe like I, I, know, I know I've done things. I know that physically I was here and I acted in whatever way I was to act at that time. But I did not give you the experience. You had the experience. I was just here. And my day one group, they said something like, to me on our last call they were like you're, you know you're discrediting yourself you're this it's like yes I was here yes I facilitated yes I acted yes I showed up and and this was co-creative you did it all yourself like it's, it's a wild thing it's a wild thing because yes I am here I have a mirror and the experience you're having is your experience it's not coming from me so it's it's wild and just to be able to play with that and make it malleable, malleable, had trouble saying that word, um, to just play with it. Of course, uh, the what I consider to be sacred and, you know, about coaching, I don't consider there to be a sacredness to pornography, but maybe there is. I mean, like maybe that's, maybe that's something that, you know, you're experiencing. But I guess what I'm trying to kind of display for you is that the experience that is, is the experience. When I was in ECCP, a coaching certification program, I've been through it two times. I was through it in 2021. And then I went through it again in April of this year because I just needed a, re I wanted a refresher. I wanted to be in that space of empowerment. Uh, Coach Sean Smith does a really phenomenal job of that. And I had a different experience both times because it wasn't a linearly taught program and it wasn't informational. But the first time that I went through it in 2021, I had an experience. And that experience that I had, with, including a tremendous breakthrough, was not given to me by Sean and it wasn't given to me by anyone else in that room. I was in that room. I was the experiencer and it happened within me and no one else had that exact same experience. And, you know, they they talk about this program that they do and they try to explain how that all goes to people that are going to be entering the program. You can't explain it to somebody. The experience that you're having is the experience. The experience is not given to you by someone else. It's not like my experience of the, the beat culture was not given to me by someone else because 
I walked the streets of New York. So once I started, like, after I started waking up, like, after 2018, I t- decided, you know what? I'm not taking cabs home anymore. Like, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done with it. It's a waste of money. I, I figured out how much money I was spending on taxis, and it just, it was just completely ridiculous. So I stopped taking cabs home. I would take the train late night. I would go to the bar. I was still going to the bar. Remember, I didn't get uh, sober until uh, December, Christmas 2019. So it's over three years, three and a half years. But um, I would go to the bar, four o'clock, get on the train, train home, walk home from the train. It wouldn't be anybody. Nobody would bother me. I mean, I now walk the streets and I used to be when I was in the being space of having that aggressive beat energy that unsettled energy it's weird energy it used to be and you know Mario would say it's you it used to be truly uncomfortable to live in my skin because I knew that I wasn't doing anything to attract these unsavory sorts it was my being and I didn't know what in the being needed to shift so I knew it would just keep happening so I walked in my skin through a world that felt unsafe to me and when I was able to shift the being inside that world no longer was now are those people still slithering the streets they are but they're not in my experience and that's something to grok to use a Heinlein term. You can grok that. They're not part of my experience. The experiencer is having the experience. And if you you are having the experience, then it's no one else. There is no one else. So it doesn't even really matter. This was big stuff. Big stuff. So I would love to know what you all think of this and uh, how it's resonating for you. This is really one of my first uh, topics of, of deeper exploration on View of From the Roof. And I'm excited to keep going and I'm excited to keep talking. And I hope that everybody stays and gets curious and we start having conversations. You know, I, um, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot over the last few years. And those kinds of things... Oh, wow. Like, incredible. I mean, just incredible. And we can go deeper. We can see more. We can have an experience separately, but seemingly together. You know, you hear my voice and whatever happens in in your reality is your experience. And I'm so honored that we're here I'm honored that we're here together, having an experience separately, together, separately. So that's my view from the roof today. If you have anything you want to talk about, reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. Website's still the same. I'm going to be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and stay beautiful. (laughs) 